what's working on purpose anyway? Each week we ponder the answer to this question. People ache for meaning and purpose at work, to contribute their talents passionately and know their lives really matter. They crave being part of an organization that inspires them and helps them grow into realizing their highest potential. Business can be such a force for good in the world, elevating humanity. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration to help usher in this world we all want, working on purpose. Now, here is your host, Dr. Elise Cortez. Welcome back to the Working on Purpose show. Thank you for tuning in again this week. I am Dr. Elise Cortez, joining you live from Dallas, Texas, which is home base for me. Thanks for coming back again. Before we get into today's program, I have three announcements for you. I'm excited to share. September, so next month, marks the launch of Gusto Now, which is a growth and transformation institute that I founded. And it's dedicated to awakening meaning, passion, inspiration, and purpose in people, leadership, and organizations to create a legacy worthy of their one precious life. We'll be featuring leadership development and other professional development courses on this e-learning platform available to individuals and companies in English, Spanish, and Portuguese, all languages that I, that I, that I speak. You can learn more at gusto-now.com. Secondly, I'm really, really happy to tell you, thanks to the pandemic, I've been able to get this done. Finally, my book, Purpose Ignited, How Inspirational Leadership Ignites Passion and Elevates Cause, is due out on Amazon November 16th. You can pre-order it now if you want. And I, I really wrote this book to turn readers on and ignite their passion, inspiration, and purpose. So this, this is for you, whether you are a leader now or, or aspiring to be one. And then thirdly, as it were, the anthology that I've been curating called Passionately Striving and Why, an anthology of women who persevere mildly to live their purpose is due out January 2021. I cannot wait to share the stories of the women that I scouted from across the globe with you. It is so amazing to get to live my purpose and do the works that I do, so I'm sharing with you today. Now, the next fun thing on, on the docket is this week's program. Our guest today is Dr. Herb Sennett. He's known as the Encouragement Doctor. He's also a writer, film director, speaker, executive VP of Florida Writers Association, retired college professor, and running for a Florida Senate seat. So amazing. We'll be talking about why he takes such a stand on encouragement and inspiration and how they thread into everything he does. He joins us today from West Palm Beach, Florida. Herb, welcome to Working on Purpose. Welcome, Herb. So great to have you. Hey, glad to be here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, you're so welcome. I can't wait to share you with, with the listeners here because you really do live large, Herb. You know, I want to share a few things. First, listeners, if you don't know, if you can't see him, we are, of course, broadcasting the show audio and visually here. Um, but Dr. Senate is 75 years old. He's been married for 52 years. He, His doctor told him he's a heart attack waiting to happen, and he did have five bypass surgeries at once. Um, and so I want to start by asking, to what do you attribute all this, this vim and vinegar? Well, number one, I think the biggest thing is that uh, my family, mom and dad, uh, re raised me and taught me to always do what was right uh, and uh, according to our Christian faith and to always take care of ourselves. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of sad because my dad and mom, neither one did that very well, but I took the lessons and stayed healthy and worked at it. I spent 28 years in the Army Reserves, which meant I had to stay in shape no yeah. matter what. <laughs> right. You sure did. <laughs> And, you know, I, I just, I take it from, uh, I, I, I got my positive attitude from my mother. She was 
the most optimistic human being I had ever known of anyone. And I, I think my lovely bride of 52 years is pretty optimistic, but Nah, I'm sorry. She does. She pales into insignificance compared to my mother. <laughs> she never could see anything bad in the, that was going on in the world. <laughs> well, how wonderful is that, Herb? So what I'll tell you is one of the things I say in my book, I have a, I have a chapter on well-being and the importance of taking care of ourselves. And one of the things, of course, is positive emotions, which, of course, being optimistic includes. Um, and I certainly, I mean, we know there are countless research and, and other data out there available that support the idea of, of being optimistic. And I know that, that there's a lot of people that really love being cynical and sarcastic, and that has its place, maybe some humor, but boy, it's hard to beat optimism. Uh, it, 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 boy, I, you just hit me with something I really hadn't thought about before. Mm-hmm. But in reality, I am, I'm surrounded by people who are pessimistic. I I spent uh, 40 some years in the classroom teaching students uh, public speaking as well as uh, theatrical arts. I'm I'm a theater director. Uh, I I have probably 42 or 43 uh, productions to my credit. Uh, And all along people were constantly my students. So I, I running into so many and i would just keep smiling and say you know i think it helps me <laughs> to smile it's all what was it i used to tell my daughter and she didn't catch it until she was uh, in her late 30s she sort of started to catch on i said there's too much to do there are too many things to see my mother said, I've never been bored a day in my life. There are too many things to do, to Absolutely. see, to feel, <laughs> to learn about. Wow. You, you just can't get it all in. Well, and that's why I, I wanted to showcase you, uh, Dr. Sennett. Encouragement and inspiration is so, so, so important, especially now. We're in this COVID-19 pandemic. A lot of people are at their wits ends, right? And I know that I'm ready for it to be over with too and for me to be able to go out and socialize, hug people. Oh my gosh, I can't wait for that. So it's so important to have some some messages of inspiration and encouragement sprinkled throughout our lives. Absolutely. And it's all in your mind. It really is. It's, it's somebody said, well, I can't change. Well, if you can't change, then the problem is, is you're out of control. <laughs> Right. That's all there is to it. You're out of control. Get control of yourself, your own brain. It's yours. Nobody else is in control of it. And if you let other people control you, then you are out of control. Oh, that's a great point. Take control of your own self in your life. It's too important. It is too important. In fact, that's one of the first things I wanted to talk about with you, Herb, is um, you and I have something in common here in that um, you had someone in your high school and he was your counselor's teacher, teacher or your academic career. Anyway, she, he or she told you that you should not go on to college because you're just not going to you're not going to do well. And you've got, I think, a couple of doctorates and um, several other degrees. So talk to us about that experience of how that message was delivered to you. Maybe what was you think was behind it and your reaction to it? Well, I was not a good student in high school. <laughs> okay. I, I did not let my education get in the way of my fun. 
Now, there, okay. there were no two ways about it. I was going to have fun. And so I was not a really good student. And even in college, uh, I'm not, <laughs> now I like to tell people when I graduated from college, uh, my wife and I graduated the same time and we were literally the bookends for the class. <laughs> she was at the very top and I was at the very bottom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, Perfect as, as I say, it, it, you have to have a 2.0 grade point average to graduate from most colleges and universities. I had a 2.019. Wow. Yes, that is correct. That is less than 10% on near the bottom. <laughs> I was pretty close. I think there were three other students that had great GPAs lower than mine, but that was about it out of a class of over 3,000. So you know, <laughs> it was, it's not something to be proud of. But I had fun. I enjoyed my college career. Mm -hmm. I met my the love of my life in college. Mm -hmm. We got married uh, the, just before the second semester during the Christmas period break and all of that. And we uh, and here again, we we're coming up on De in December. Where it's going to be uh, 53 years. Uh, so. I must have done something right. <laughs> I think so. I think you've had quite a distinguished life and career already, and you're still going strong. But you obviously didn't listen to that advice. So when that counselor told you you shouldn't, you should just maybe go to trade school or don't go to college, you obviously didn't listen. And so what was it? How did it land for you? It, it, it was interesting because I was I was really crushed. I, I, that just hurt me so bad um, because she and she didn't even mention trade school. She said, I, I grew up in a community just outside of Norfolk, Virginia. It was called South Norfolk, a very small community. Now it's part of what is Chesapeake, Virginia, a very large city. But anyway, at that time, uh, you know, that's a big Navy town. So she said, well, Herb, <laughs> actually, she called me Herbert. She said, now, Herbert, uh, you need to join the Navy. <laughs> learn a squids, learn a skill so that you can support yourself when you get out of the military or just make the military a career. That'll be good for you. Oh, okay. My, when I told my mother, uh, and I only know this by her having told me later, uh, the next day she had a rather interesting conversation with my guidance counselor. Mm, I suppose so. <laughs> yes. Well, she should. And she told me, she looked at me and she said, Herb, if, if you can do anything you set your mind to, guess what? She had four children, all of us, graduated from college. Two of us went on to earn doctoral degrees. Wow. And two of us were uh, have, uh, were professors in college for many years. My I was over 40, 40 some odd years, I think it was. And my youngest brother, the baby of the family, he just retired uh, from his uh, tenured seat up in Georgia. So, you know, I mean, uh, when you stop and think about it, she she was the inspiration for all of us. 
Hmm. So let me do a couple things for our listeners here, Herb. So a couple things. First, listeners and viewers, what I want you to pay attention to is that we all get these negative messages in our lives. And it's up to us to decide how we hear those messages and whether or not we're going to respond to them as they were given to us or do something entirely different. Um, secondly, um, never forget the role, the power that you have as a parent, as a leader, to be able to truly encourage the path of those that you are stewarding. Uh, I, too, had a teacher who told me I was the stupidest kid she'd ever had in a kindergarten, and I chose to take that as, uh, okay, well, I am really stupid, so I'm going to have to really work at this stuff harder than all the other kids. And so I created this over-the-top study system, right, because I'm so stupid, i got to work at this. And guess what? I got straight A's, so I, maybe I should thank my teacher. But um, I also had a, a, a boss fire me when I was 19 years old because he said, you can do so much more than this. There's so much more in life for you. So like your mother saw in you, she said you could do anything. And so I want our listeners and viewers to really think about the imp the impact they can have on the lives of people that they lead in their community, their children, when they look for what they can do and what's possible and help them get there versus telling them what they can't do and what's not possible. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, but even when you're surrounded, and, and, and this is sad part is at some point you have to grow up. Absolutely. And, and, and there are just too many people who get to that point and decide they'd rather stay wallowing in their negativity. Right, right. And, it, and that's sad because they're wasting valuable time. Uh, precious life is what they're wasting. Absolutely. I know. Absolutely. On that note, let's grab our first break, Herb. I'm Dr. Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with Herb Sennett. He is a writer, film director, speaker, executive vice president of Florida Writers Association, retired college professor, and is running for a Florida senator's seat. He joins us today from West Palm Beach, Florida. We've been talking a bit about his early life and really how he was stewarded on through inspiration through his mother. After the break, we're going to get into just how it was that he earned the encouragement doctor title. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Dr. Elise Cortez is a management consultant specializing in meaning and purpose. An inspirational speaker and author, she helps companies visioneer for greater purpose among stakeholders and develop purpose-inspired leadership and meaning-infused cultures that elevate fulfillment, performance, and commitment within the workforce. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at EliseCortez.com. Let's talk about how to get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Dr. Elise Cortez. To reach our program today or open a conversation with Elise, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us, and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just joining us, my guest is Herb Sennett. He's also known as the Encouragement Doctor. He's a writer, film director, speaker, executive vice president of Florida Writers Association, and a retired college professor. What I want to get to is how it was that you were dubbed the Encouragement Doctor. What a fun title. It's even on your LinkedIn profile. I love that. <laughs> I had so many students just call me, just tell me how encouraging I was. Mm -hmm. And toward the end of my career, which was about four years ago, I retired in 2016. Uh, just before my retirement, uh, one of my students just came up to me and said, uh, "Dr. Senate, uh, I, I just think you're you're like a you're like an encouragement doctor." 
And I, I thought, I like that. <laughs> I, I wish I could take it as my um, uh, my idea, but you know, hey, that's okay. I'm I'm willing to give credit where credit is due. The problem is, is I, re- I forget the name of the young lady that said that to me. <laughs> it was obviously combined a combined uh, title for you, and it is good, right? It's it's even better when someone else gives us these titles, right? So yeah. I like I like you know being being called energy. Like whenever people talk about me, the number one describing word they use is energy. I'll take it, right? Take it. Absolutely. I I have a lot of energy too, but I I do want to make one correction uh, on something that you said. I'm I'm not running for the Florida Senate. I'm running for the Florida House of Representatives. Ah, excuse me, House. Thank you. That that is quite all right. I can understand that. Listen, in the new cycle that we have going on nowadays, state legislatures seem to fall into a kind of insignificance. Mm. Yet, the state legislatures and especially local mayors and county commissioners and people like that, those are the ones that have a direct influence on the peop- on the local people. They're the ones that really pass all of this stuff and make things happen or make things not happen. And we forget that. The, the federal government has very little, when it when get right down to it, has very little to do with our everyday lives mm-hmm. until... March. Right. <laughs> <Then>, whoops. <laughs> right. Right. Well, you know, I, I think it's fantastic, um, Herb, that you're you're running for the house, and I, I'm not surprised, given everything else, given everything else you've done in your life, all the years of teaching, um, being being a, a minister, a chaplain. It's just not surprising to me that you would also add this kind of a public service role to yourself. Tell me, and I was going to ask this a little bit later, but we'll grab it now. But how did you decide to run? Oh, uh, that is very simple. I was minding my own business, happily retired, uh, enjoying doing volunteer work for several organizations here in West Palm Beach and loving every minute of it when I was caught sort of uh, cornered at a restaurant uh, by the chairman of the uh, Republican Party. council here in Palm Beach County, the Republican Party in Palm Beach County. And he just, he always says, Herb, have uh, you ever thought about running for office? I said, no. Hmm? He said, well, give it some, give us some thought. Because we, when he explained what was going on, he says, why don't you, why don't you run? Because you live in, you live in a district that, uh, that seems to be run by the other party completely. Let, let me give help give the people a chance to choose somebody different. And I said, nah, I'm not at all interested. Well, it seems my my darling wife, my sweet, the love of my life, she happened to be doing volunteer work up at the Republican Executive Committee office. And she was doing a lot of stuff. He corners her, talks to her, and then she comes home that evening and talks to me. Well, I, I do have to admit this. 
I've had a great deal of difficulty over the past 52 years saying no to her. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and so therefore I am in this mess of politics, which by the way, I'm having to work overtime to keep my happiness going, <laughs> to, keep, to keep my positive attitude going. Uh, I, anybody goes into politics, you, you, have to, you have to have something outside of you to keep or inside of you that keeps you going, that keeps you encouraging, it keeps you active and upbeat because everything having to do with politics just seems to drag you down. Well, I, I, so two things, if we can here on this Herb. So one is um, the importance of the fact that you tried to retire in 2016, but you were doing all these volunteer activities. I applaud that, absolutely applaud that. And I even have a section in my book under the work chapter saying, talking about the perils of retirement, because retirement is actually not good for our health. Um, yeah. Both of my parents died uh, 28 days apart last last year, 2019, and I am convinced that they wouldn't have if they would have done something with themselves in the community. They would have been of service to others rather than just sitting and watching TV. Um, so, you know, watch the idea of retirement. It's not actually it's all, all it's cracked up to be. And then the second thing I want to say, Herb, is that I really appreciate and applaud that you're going into this political arena, not really because you want to, but because you've been asked. And what I can really see for you is that I see a whole landscape of growth waiting for you. Who knows what this is going to activate in you, what's going to get called forth, or you know where this takes you from here. Uh, I'm scared. <laughs> Fair enough. Let, let me put it this way. Uh, the adrenaline is pumping. Now, you can either look at that as fear or you can look at that as excitement because the the emotions are actually the same. Yeah. <laughs> when you think about it, because it's just pumping, was it um, fight, flight or fight yeah. syndrome? Mm -hmm. and that's what it is, is that pumping of extra adrenaline through your system. And I feel that almost every day when I get up and see, okay, there's a lot to be done today and a lot to be accomplished. And it, I, I look back on it now and I understand what my mother meant. <laughs> I, 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 I had a few days where I was, uh, <laughs> somebody asked me the other day, so what do you do to relax? And I said, I'll tell you what I do to relax. Last year, I was so disappointed at the ending of the uh, television program, Criminal Minds. I, that was one of my favorite programs yeah, I to watch. Yeah, I me mean, too. Hey, I just loved that. It was so well written. I mean, Dick Wolf is a genius when it comes to drama because he was able to, to get the kind of writers that, that really wrote good stuff. Uh, you know, not every one of them was a five-star episode, but most of them were. Mm -hmm. So I tell you, relaxing nowadays, I am, um, uh, what do you call it? There's a word that you use. I'm uh, maxing out. I I'm sitting down and watching through all of the episodes one at a time in order. Okay, that's called binge watching. Okay, Binge watching. Thank Perfect. you very much. Perfect. 
I'm having fun with it. It's enjoyable. And somebody says, where do you find the time? You find time for the things you really want to do. Absolutely right. Right. I will tell you, you value. I can tell you what you value by how you spend your time. I can tell you by what's in your calendar tells me who you are and what yeah. you value. Absolutely right. Okay. All right. Well, I want to go into this next thing here because I looked. I looked at your your blog. It's amazing to me that you've still got that blog out there. And what is it? What's it called? Living fully. What's it called? LivingLifeFully.com. Livinglifefully.com. Oh, the there, there it is on my shirt. Awesome. I love it. LivingLifefully.com. So one of the things that you say right there, big as bold, and it certainly aligns with my space, Herb, is you say, I believe the strength to live your life the way you wish comes from a deep faith that you were put here for a reason. I completely agree. Tell me more about your perspective on that. Well, I, I am first and foremost a Christian. My dad was a minister. My great grand, my grandfather was a minister, and I, I just fell into a tradition. However, uh, after attending seminary, uh, I started a, a, a worked in a church in Ohio, and it, it, that just wasn't right. But something wasn't feeling right for me. It just didn't fit. Uh, I spent six years as a pastor, uh, but during that period of time, I found what it was, and that was I had spent six years in the Army uh, as a second lieutenant in Vietnam, and I spent a year in combat. Most of that time was in combat, and got home and just said, I, no more of that and turned my back on it. But when I finished seminary and I started my ministry work uh, as a pastor, I began to realize this is not this is not what God has for me. And I, I just knew it. There was no flash of lightning. There was no voice out in the netherland that said, this is what you must do. It was a realization that said, this is not it. And would you believe it wasn't two days later, a friend of mine called from the Pentagon. He said, Herb, I saw where you graduated from seminary. And we had known each other in Vietnam. And I said, yeah. He said, so did I. Why don't you come join the Army as a chaplain? Come back in. Come on back in. And I said, bingo. That was it. It's like there was the voice from heaven. And, and, and I, I, I try to tell people, God speaks to us in so many different ways. The problem is, is we get certain expectations in our head, and that's the only way we think God speaks to us. When, if we just listen, we can hear his voice through other people, especially. Mm -hmm. Not always. But if you're in tune and you're listening for it, you can tell when it's the right thing. And I'm going to tell you what, I, I, I didn't look back. I spent 21 years as a chaplain in the Army Reserves, paralleling. I tell people that I said it was such a joy. Once a month for two days, I got a chance to put on a uniform and do something totally and completely different from standing and working in the classroom or at my desk or working on some college committee or something like that. You know, it just, it gave me a complete, it helped me to stay in touch with reality. 
mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where life is really all about. And especially one week before school started in uh, September, uh, August of 1990, I got the phone call that said, you have to report on Saturday, this coming Saturday at the reserve center, the unit has been called up to active duty. Mm -hmm. Oh boy, talk about trying to find somebody to take my place in the classroom (laughs) one week before school started. (laughs) And that was, uh, thank goodness he already had prepared someone to step right into uh, into my position. And this lady who, who took over, she had no intentions of continuing full-time. She agreed to do it for one year. When I got back, she happily stepped down. She was raising two small children. And I, I, I tell you, I, I cannot, I'm sorry, I get a little, get a little feelings. You know, the people that I have known in my life, I could not be a more lucky or fortunate human being. And I think if we open our eyes and see people around us for just for who they are, not what we expect them to be, that's not the way to look at other people. Look at other people, accept them the way they are, warts and all. Absolutely. Beautiful words and all. Interesting words and all. Yes. Absolutely. And it's our it's our our flaws that remind us that we're human Mm -hmm. and we need to accept one another's humanity fully and completely. And wow. I didn't mean to to get (laughs) all sappy on you. (laughs) I like it. It doesn't happen. I don't think we've had a good conversation, but hold that thought, Herb. Let's grab our last break. Absolutely. I'm Dr. Elise Cortez. I'm your host of the Working on Purpose program. We've been on the air with Herb Sennett. He is a writer, film director, speaker, executive vice president of Florida Writers Association, retired college professor, and is now running for the Florida House. He joins us today from West Palm Beach, Florida. After the break, we're going to hear a few things he learned about being a chaplain. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Dr. Elise Cortez is a management consultant specializing in meaning and purpose. An inspirational speaker and author, she helps companies visioneer for greater purpose among stakeholders and develop purpose-inspired leadership and meaning-infused cultures that elevate fulfillment, performance, and commitment within the workforce. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at EliseCortez.com. Let's talk about how to get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Dr. Elise Cortez. To reach our program today or open a conversation with Elise, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just tuning in, my guest is Herb Sennett. He's known as the Encouragement Doctor. I'm your host, Dr. Elise Cortez. So, Herb, from from here for the rest of the conversation, I really wanted to talk about a few things that you really stand for and what you've learned by being a chaplain and some of the things that you talk about when you're out speaking inspirationally. So, a couple things. We don't have a whole lot of time left on the show. So, a couple things that you took away, things that were important for you serving as a chaplain? What did you learn? 
I, I, I think the, the most important thing is people, other people, really do appreciate it when, when you sincerely approach them and offer a helping hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it, doesn't help, it doesn't happen as often as perhaps we, some of us remember from being around a while. No, I I remember the days when <laughs> growing up, it was I never could appreciate that. But at the same time, as I was growing, I began to understand how important it is to have good relationships with people around you. That that there is nothing else more important than other people. Mm. It's, you can have all the wealth in the world and be absolutely miserable. Mm-hmm. Or you can have all the wealth in the world and be absolutely happy. The wealth doesn't have anything to do with it. Right. It has to do with your relationships with other people. Mm. Two things on that, Herb. First, um, I just this afternoon had a great conversation with a guest that's coming on my show later this year. His name is Norman Wolf. And he has a book out called The Living Organization. And he was saying in our conversation that relationships are living organisms. They are their own personality, all of them. So everything is a relationship. Um, and so, and he too says that the really our health is, is, a, is, a, is a reflection of the quality of our relationships. And I think that's so true. Secondly, related to that, I really want to go back and, and thank you for being real and authentic and letting, letting us into your heart by letting us see what it looks like when you get moved. One of the things that I talk about in when I'm speaking, Herb, and it's in my book as well, if you're going to be an inspirational leader, you have to get used to being able to let people see you be moved because that's how we get access to you. We all want to know that we can be in that space with you. So when you, I forget how you said it, got teary or got got emotional, that is beautiful. So I just want to applaud you for letting us in and, and showing us and modeling what it is to be somebody who is inspirational through and through. And always remember you are the only person you can be. Everyone else is taken. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's okay. Yes. Be happy. Start with start with finding your happiness in your own skin. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's another thing. Just so I just want just for our listeners, because I really did I shared the show as really a source of inspiration and encouragement. So what else can you share with us that you've learned from being a chaplain or what you've learned along in life, the lessons and the messages that you'd like to share when you're speaking and relating to people? I am the happiest that I can be when I am alongside someone else who is striving for their dream. Mm. And that, that I cannot... I cannot even begin to imagine that I tell you. I have stories that would go on for years uh, about the students that I have helped along the way. I'm sure there are a few students who hate me, but you know, I just Could the man work. I'm a just any teacher worth their while has a few that weren't happy. Absolutely. But, but the ones that uh, latched on and saw something in me 
and saw something or heard something I said or saw something I did that encouraged them to move forward and move on in their life. Um, I'm stunned at times the number of former students that I have that uh, friended me on Facebook and LinkedIn uh, and follow me on Twitter and things like that. I think that's I think that's an encouragement to me that somewhere along the way, uh, I'm <laughs> to pick up from an old musical, <laughs> somewhere in my youth or childhood, I must have done something good. <laughs> uh, it's beautiful. And, you know, for our listeners, let me let me share my perspective on how that lands for me as, as a logotherapist. I'm focused on on the space of meaning as really our the, our ultimate concern is how we how we make meaning of our lives and and it, that's in the moment and across our lives, and according to that inquiry, there's three ways, there's three sources of meaning. There's what we give of ourselves to the world, our creations, and so what you're giving is this is one of the, one of your sources of meaning. Why this still feels so good for you is because you're giving something really really precious of yourself. That's this encouragement, right? Now, the second source of meaning that we all have access to is experiential. And those are the encounters and experiences that we have in life that breathe life into us and register as meaningful. So your encouragement then is the student's inspiration. They receive it as inspiration, right? And then the third source of meaning is the attitude, attitudinal, which is the stance that we take in response to whatever life serves to us. And so that gets to mindset and such. We have, as you said earlier, com- complete control over the mindset and the attitude that we assign when we're confronting things. And that is actually a source of meaning for us. So your your creation, your passion of encouragement then lands as inspiration, is received as inspiration by your students. And what a beautiful exchange is that. That's why it's meaningful to both of you. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate it. And if I might add, um, my website, lovinglifefully.com, I also have herbsenate.com novelsbyherb.com <laughs> done just a few things yes and authorherbsenate.com I, I i run about six websites it keeps me out of trouble i guess you might say and keeps me busy keeps my mind sharp which is so important well and you're also a service herb so that goes back to what i said about my parents yeah, absolutely you know, there's another another idea in, in logotherapy which is called self-transcendence, and I'm sure you're extremely familiar with that given your work as a minister yes. and as a chaplain, right? When we're in service of other people, it's amazing how we lose sight of whatever troubles that we've, we've got, right? It's amazing. Boy, no kidding. It is stunning, and I, and I love every minute of it. Mm-hmm. it. It makes life meaningful. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's what I mean, is that, and so what, what, what people don't necessarily understand, and it's kind of, it can be a bit elusive, but what's really, meaning is essentially an energy source. That's yeah. why we, we glom onto it. That's why it's so important. So when we talk about something being meaningful, what it, what it means is it has an emotional registry for us. It registers in the, in the limbic brain, and it's that's alongside memories and, and um, yeah, memories essentially. But that's why it stands in that space for us. And so yes. we hang on to it as a, as a memory and as an emotion, and therefore it's, it's meaningful. Um. Absolutely, I, I appreciate that. That you're, it, it, I got a 
spend more time in your website. <laughs> I, 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 I like hanging out with me. You know, I like my company. I, I laugh at my jokes. I respond to my questions, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. That's, a, that, that, that's, what, that's what life really is. There's so many things I could talk about, but, you know, just taking charge of your own life. Oh, that's the name of one of my talks. Take charge. Absolutely. It, 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 it doesn't work any other way. And if, if you don't take charge of your life, if you let other people run your life, you will most assuredly die a broken, miserable human being. Hmm. Yeah, I'm really the best boss in life I've ever had, really. Yeah. And not just in my business, but in my life. I'm the best boss I've ever had. Absolutely. Um, I, I really am. And um, so I love that idea of taking charge. What other nuggets can you can you surface for our listeners and viewers that, might, that are on your mind that you think are useful? I, I don't find out what you love. Absolutely. What kind of what kind of things do you really thoroughly enjoy doing? Uh, my problem was is that I had too many, <laughs> so I had to narrow them down some. However, it didn't take me very long to figure out the things I didn't like doing. And I moved away from those very quickly, mm -hmm. got out of it. Yeah. If you find yourself in a miserable situation, uh, don't think in terms of, how do I get out of this? No, say, okay, now what about all of this can... Uh, can I find to find some enjoyment? What fun is there? That's why I, I tolerated college. Mm -hmm. I had fun though. At the same time, I tolerated the classes. Then I got to graduate school, but then I had focus. Yeah, I knew where I was headed when I got to, when I went to graduate school, which, by the way, was an absolute miracle with my GPA. <laughs> with my GPA. Uh, nobody would consider, except for one thing. I went to the speech and drama department at Memphis, at the University of Memphis, and just talked to them and said, you know, I, I'd like to do some graduate work. And they said, well, you know, your, your GPA is good. I said, well, just give me a chance. Let me let me try it. And they said, okay, uh, the summer semester is starting in a week. Um, once you sign up, we'll accept you provisionally. Uh, and if you make all A's and B's in the four classes that you have to take, uh, then we'll, we'll consider we'll get, we'll come back and revisit this. The first two classes I took, I made A's. Would you believe that they <laughs> called me into the office and said, "Okay, Herb, um, we're going to go ahead and retroactively put you." as a graduate student and nice. we're counting those classes toward your master's degree and let's just go ahead from here i said yeah well that means that my tuition is going to go up too they said well yeah there is that but uh, we we want you to stay and so they gave me a shot at it well and, and you asked for it goes back to taking charge herb you oh, asked I, for the shot absolutely right? i i knew what i wanted mm -hmm. i knew what i wanted and 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 it has served me so well. Um, and, and then I didn't have any difficulty whatsoever uh, getting into uh, two doctoral programs. 
would you believe I was a doctoral student at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary at the same time I was a Master of Fine Arts student at Florida Atlantic University. Oh, yes, I would believe that. And I was teaching full time. And I, I made mostly all A's and B's in, in the uh, graduate courses, both sides, wrote a dissertation uh, for one, then, <laughs> then received a second master's degree after I completed that doctoral program, but it was in an entirely different field. And, 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 and I'm gonna tell you what, I've, I've kept myself challenged too. I, I set my goals a little bit higher. Now, I don't set my goals too high. And there's where a lot of people miss it. Yes, they that's set, great advice. They, they set grandiose and then grandiose goals, and then they, find, they get so frustrated because they can't reach it. Well, duh. <laughs> Just start a little reach. at a time. Yeah, it's too far out of reach, and therefore it's just they're going to give up at the first time that they, they hit a roadblock. Um, yes. So here we are already. We managed to do it. We've run out of time. So in okay. say just about 30 minutes, Herb, what would you like to leave our listeners with? We have listeners from across the globe. They come to hear about how to be able to work with more meaning, passion, inspiration, and lead accordingly. What would you like to leave them with? Do what you love. Love what you do. Works for me. Absolutely works for me. <laughs> Um, Herb, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your heart, your soul. You, you are a perfect example of somebody who really is living large. This is how we do it. We have one precious life. Don't squander it. Go for it. Go for the gusto. Um, it's it's worth the run. So tell us Absolutely. one more time at two of the websites they can find you at. Lovinglifefully.com and HerbSennett.com. And awesome. I think my name is right there, Is or excuse me, right there. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's for people that are listening. So it's A-T-R-B-S-E-N-N-E-T-T -T is how he spells Thank his you. name. Awesome. Last week, if you missed the live show, we you can always catch it via recorded podcast. We were on the air with Lauren Hollows talking about purpose-based management and education and how critical this approach is, especially in COVID-19 times. Next week, we'll be live on the show with James Sinclair of Enterprise Alumni and talking about the work that they do to help companies stay connected to their contingent labor pool and drive referrals or boomerang hires. See you there. Remember that work is at least a third of our life, so let's work on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Dr. Elise Cortez, each week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll create a world where business operates conscientiously, leadership inspires impassioned performance, and employees are fulfilled in work that provides the meaning and purpose they crave. See you there. Let's work on purpose.